bitch. I'm a die of old age whenever I die. What we do? Walk down on that nigga. Fuck a drive-by. Yeah. His bitch came in with me, but she ain't mine. She not high. Free my cousin till he free. He doing time. Let him free. I'm the motherfucking best, but I'm not Cali. We the best. She like how I be dressed and ain't no salad. Uh-huh. Can't fuck with her. She messy. That's a hazard. Oh, no. Tell the ref to blow the whistle. That bitch travel. Fuck all that talking, we about to ask what we about. You got a son, you play with me. Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Gritty Sports Season 5. Just Ryan Rutherford here today of the OG crew, but I have a very, very, very special guest that has been dying to come on for a while. Dedicated AWL of the Gritty Sports Podcast. Absolutely. Scooter Pates. Welcome to the show, buddy. It is It is a pleasure to be on. Like, like I told you already, uh, this is uh, definitely the worst mistake you've made on this show by far, uh, letting me get on here, but uh, definitely uh, excited to talk some round ball. Yep, we're going to be talking a lot of basketball today, Final Four coming up this weekend, so we're just going to get right into it immediately, and the first matchup we're going to start off with is the matchup of the teams that beat Michigan this year, Texas Tech and Michigan uh, State. Yes. Brent is a Michigan fan, so he had to see this yeah. coming. Uh, this is a really tough matchup for him to talk about, but if anybody knows uh, either of these two teams, it's probably my buddy right here because he's had to watch them both take his Wolverines to Powell. Yeah, and I can, I can kind of <laughs> talk about them a little bit. Michigan State's been so weird all year, and I've been following the Big Ten up pretty closely, and it seems like even, you know, they've had super uh, serious injuries to all of their, you know, biggest players, including, you know, Nick Ward just coming back uh just before this tournament and somehow he's, you know, fine. And, and that's all, you know, great and dandy, uh, go Sparty go for sure. But no, but, but uh, Michigan state's a good team. And even, you know, even obviously Cassius Winston, big 10 player of the year, he's, he's kind of like the, uh, identical Isaiah Thomas, uh, when he was on that Celtics, he, he kind of has that tough little, uh, ruggedy finisher at the rim kind of deal. And I don't know how he does it. He's so small, but, no, he's really good, and Nick McQuaid is a really reliable three-point shooter. I mean, he's one. He's that guy. I mean, similar to you know, there's there's. I mean, the players on. Yeah, who's that one guy on uh, Purdue that just got uh, really really hot? That one white guy that shot like made seven for ten from three. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Oh my god, I'm, his name's slipping right now. I'll think of it in two seconds. But but yeah, I mean, he's one of those where I mean, like you said, he's. If he's feeling it one night, and that's that's kind of the theme of the tournament, one guy gets hot, and I mean, just he's one of those guys that could easily go for thirty just off of shooting. But but no, I think like I said, Michigan State's really good. Obviously, Izzo's got that veteran coaching status, and and that's really what's going to prevail. Definitely after you know the Elite Eight week, you really definitely see the the coaching aspect kind of come out, and and that veteran coaching leadership kind of kind of usually prevails, and. And is usually the defining factor on who wins and loses in in a, in these games. But more focus on this game. I do. I'm I'm still even though the Texas Tech Raiders they were amazing in the Big Twelve in their own conference. Won that finally. Uh, you know took a took the Jayhawks off their throne, which which is good to see that that little change of pace there. They, it was getting. It was getting about time. Bill Self was getting a little comfy on his on his throne there, but <laughs> but uh, Texas Tech. I mean, they're just you know that typical team. You know, Florida State was them last year as the four seed, where they're just so damn long and so defensive, and and it really just you have four guys on the floor at all times that can that can really defend you know most positions on especially at that college uh, level. 
but it's just they are so defensive so long i mean they uh, honestly are one of the top teams in the entire 64 team field as far as forcing turnovers and you know forcing the lowest uh, the lowest field goal percentage for their opponent i mean they are just insane i mean their coach he's he's probably one of the most likable coaches unless you know you're you're a uh, Bruce Pearl stand in, in the final four. But, but, you know, I, I do, I do really think that even though the red Raiders, I mean, like I said, they're going to force turnovers. It's, it's going to be a first person to 60 is going to win this game. But, they, but I, I think the only way the uh, red Raiders win in this situation is they just, they really make Cassius Winston uncomfortable when he's bringing the ball up and, and they try to force him ma- mainly into ISO, not really trying to, work the offense, work what Izzo draws up. Cause Izzo, Izzo, he's, he's good. I, it hurts. That hurts, but he's good. But you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, if they can really disrupt Cassius Winston at the point when he comes up and really try to try to pressure the ball, like they've been doing to, you know, Gonzaga, I really, I really liked Gonzaga coming out of that, that, uh, that, uh, West bracket. I really liked, uh, how they were playing and how high, high energy they were, but but man, if Texas Tech can do that against Gonzaga, I really do think you know, especially with Duke out, they they can do that against anyone. But but uh, but it's going to be tough with Michigan State's, like I said, that veteran coaching and and that deep deep roster. Yeah, you touched on a lot of stuff. I definitely agree with the coaching battle is definitely going to be interesting between Izzo and Chris Beard of Texas Tech especially with this much time to prepare for their matchups. When you're going through the tournament, especially through the earlier rounds, you're rushing through like when you go through the the first two rounds, those games are are basically back-to-back with a day off in between. And going from Sweet 16 to Elite 8, those games are back-to-back with a day in between. So you don't really get to see the coaches strut their stuff as much in the second half of those games. But with a, like a week off to prepare, these two studs will have their teams uh, – drawn up something crazy. I'm really excited to see what they have. Uh, yeah. When you were saying Chris Beard's one of the more likable guys, definitely one of the most exciting uh, coaches to root for this year. And uh, Texas tech is a, a team that's really likable to root for. Uh, I'm sure you saw the uh, thing with uh, David Moretti, the Italian player, mm-hmm. Brent, where his, uh, they came over. Yeah. So w- whenever you see that video, how can you uh, turn them down uh, and not want to root for that team? Yeah. I but, know. Uh, yeah. There's, it's it's there are a lot of likable guys. Yeah, exactly. And uh Jarrett Colbert, of course, is a stud. Uh looking at a lot of mock drafts ahead, a lot of people have him as a top five pick, which uh you see that and you would never think Texas Tech would have a top five pick, but he's also a guy that was not that heavily recruited. He was a three star athlete. I was looking out today and I was like, What? What did and how did nobody see anything from Jarrett Culver? I think his best offer yeah, that's so, uh, coming from high school, Texas. It's so weird. And you see, you know, those guys for those kind of that fringe D1 college programs that are good. And one, one program that I, I really like is uh, is Minnesota and how, you know, uh, Patino, mm-hmm. what he's done in there. And But uh, like I said, what I really like is how, uh, you know, how Minnesota got that one guy, Coffee. He kind of slipped through the cracks, and he's become yeah. kind of their everyman. He's their leading scorer, leading assist man. And that's kind of what Jarrett Culver is. I mean, he's leading the team in mm-hmm. points, rebounds, and assists. I mean, this guy's scoring about 19 points a game. I mean, everyone else is scoring, you know, like 10, 11. 
and you know, I think even Moretti, you know, he has a, he has a wet jumper. I mean, he's he's got a he's got a lot of Jose Calderon in him, but I mean, it's <laughs> he's not you know he's he's not the difference maker. I mean, he's averaging about ten points a game, which is you know fine, but it's it's the final four, so we'll we'll see how that transitions and what Izzo is going to do. But it's really going to be you know. It's it's the Jarrett Culver show right now. He's he's really going to determine the fate of uh, the Texas Tech Raiders right here. Yeah, I I think it will come down uh, to can Michigan State control their turnovers? They have mm-hmm. been one of the worst teams like per possession with turnovers this year. Uh, I think their like ratio is in like the minus two and a half region somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can control that. Uh, against Texas Tech, who is going to be looking for turnovers. One of uh, the things that they'll be going for especially will be the turnovers from Cassius Winston, try to get him off his game because uh, he's one of the guys they're going to need to take out if they want to beat Michigan State. They're going to have to really isolate him. Uh, also, Kenny Goins on the boards mm-hmm. for Michigan State will be really tough for them. He's a big body, uh, not something that they've really had to go up against before a player uh, of his stature and his ability to box out and get rebounds. Um, and I, I've seen Texas Tech go on some stretches where they'll go with a smaller lineup and have a hard time getting uh, defensive rebounds. So that could be a big problem. Uh, in this game as yep, well, and you- but I think it will it will come down to uh, Michigan State has a lot of better individuals, and Texas Tech has really never been there before, like never. Mm-hmm. So uh, if the final a big stage, I think uh, Tom Izzo and his boys they usually shine in situations like this. And, uh, and sometimes the blue buds do prevail. Yeah, you can kind of tell at this point, you pretty much took it away. Who's kind of looking to, yeah, looking still for that next game and who's kind of still happy to be here. And, and, uh, and Texas Tech Day, mm-hmm. I mean, hats off to them. They're a three seed. They, I mean, they won the Big 12, great team, but they do seem a little bit more just happy to be here than, you know, Tom is from Michigan State who have, have a little uh, brighter ambitions than uh, than this final four but even so i mean it's still like uh, there's really no team that i think that have really emerged and the front pit runner even you know even with duke and, and their talent level as you know an elite program that had hit their stride at the right time kind of like villanova did last year where uh, all five starters just seemed to be clicking they seemed to be you know having win margins you know 10 15 20 points and in, in even before the tournament and then going in. And I just really, I haven't seen, you know, two, I thought that what might've been a, you know, UNC or maybe even Gonzaga, but like I said, there really hasn't been a one great elite team to emerge. I think out of, out of this tournament. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. So uh, wrapping up this matchup, we will get into our betting picks. So the lines were set uh, when I was checking before the podcast at minus two and a half for Michigan State, and the total points at one thirty-two and a half. So, uh, Brent, I'll give you the floor first. What do you like in this game? I, I'm first of all, I'm looking at that total, and I'm gonna, I'm, I mean, cliche, and you know, I hate to do it, but I'm gonna have to hammer that under, Ryan. And uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, this is a game where, like I said, I just think the first person to get to maybe sixty or seventy is gonna it's gonna win the game. I don't think it's gonna and that would require both teams and pretty much uh, in you know having to score over seventy. And I just don't see I think this is gonna be a slow grinded out game. I think this is gonna be a 
a defensive uh, little pitch out we we're going to be watching. But I mean, who knows? You know, that's it, this tournament has proved better than any that. You just, you never know. You never know. But like I said, I think I like that under, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go Michigan State minus two and a half. I mean, I think they cover. I think it'll be, like I said, a really close game, but I think they, uh, I think usually teams will pull away towards the end. And even if, even if it goes to OT, I don't, I don't see any buzzer beater shots. I think it'll be a, uh, one team starts to pull away at the end kind of game. Did you ever watch Barstool Sports Advisors, Brent? I did. I, I caught the uh, first, I think, uh, like eight to ten weeks of it. Well, this is a consensus quake. No. Because I will also be taking MSU minus two and a half and the under of 132 and a half. I think those are, are some good picks. Uh, I'm surprised the line is this close, honestly. I thought MSU would be a little more uh, heavily favored. Um, I also think the line of 132 and a half is is pretty generous considering how good of a defensive team Texas Tech yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the, the tempo of Michigan State, I think that's a pretty generous line. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think we'll both uh, take a consensus quake and hammer both of those. So uh, that, of course, means that you should all bet the opposite because oh. – there's no way we can be it's that. It's so right. funny. Yeah, this bracket. Uh, I usually I fill out two brackets every year, and I hate the you know I hate the duplicity of it. But one is I have to pick a you know Michigan going all the way, obviously, and, and how likely that would be. And then the other one's kind of what I what I really think I would pick. And both brackets I think are right at about uh in the fifteen to twentieth percentile. So we're we're doing great. We're just making money over yeah. it's a money mint. Yeah, mine. Uh, I had Marquette in my uh, final four, so that did not go well. They didn't make it out of the first weekend. Yeah, I so. had Louisville kind of. Yeah, I had. I thought they were going to be that sneaky team. Louisville just finds a way to turn it on and, and make a little run, but it, it's this tournament's weird. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, so moving to the other side of the bracket and the earlier game in Saturday, UVA versus Auburn. So, uh, I don't really care about UVA at all. I hope they lose. They play boring basketball. They're boring. Nobody cares. So, go Auburn. No, yeah. No, I completely uh, agree. I, uh, I have, uh, I have no objections here, your, your honor. But, uh, but no, I'll talk, I'll talk about, uh, the game a little bit. I, I really honestly, I couldn't even tell you that much about Auburn going into the tournament. I knew they were one of the better SEC teams, but, you know, you just figure Kentucky is going to come out of the SEC and, you know, the Jayhawks are going to come out of the Big 12. And that's that's usually that. That's that's the that's the script. But no, Auburn's looks really good. And I mean, especially, you know, they're. Their guards, their guard play has been amazing with, you know, Harper and Bryce Brown. They've just been absolutely, not only do they, you know, run the court and they're fast, they made UNC, which I think one uh, their point guard today just declared for the NBA draft, I want to say. I think he just declared. But, um, yes, but I mean, he, well. they, they made UNC look absolutely slow. And, and that was, I mean, you know, for everyone that didn't hop on the Duke bandwagon, that was kind of the team that was, you know, the juggernaut that they didn't even know if Duke was going to be able to get over that UNC hump. A lot of people had them winning. So, I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, making that 
elite of a team looks slow and you're making your threes. I mean, you're the, the Auburn team shooting close to 40% from as a team from three. That's, that's, that's the kind of formula you need to win the tournament. You need to make your threes and you need to run. And that's, I mean, Auburn's doing it probably better than all four teams right now. So if they can play to their strengths and they can keep doing that and find a way to, you know, not be out coached or, you know, kind of defensively boxed in, they, they can easily take this tournament. And they, like I said, the, the fact that there's no elite team that even though UVA is a one seed, they're definitely not an unbeatable one seed. That's for sure. So I think if Auburn kind of sets the pace and kind of pushes the tempo and I mean, you know, you saw that's, that's a terrible, terrible matchup for UVA with their, you know, 55 points a game and their, you know, at 10 possessions, a half kind of play. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad matchup for UVA. And I think if, uh, if, if you're a UVA fan, I, I, I don't blame you for being confident, but I would caution you to be a, be a little nervous about this one. Yeah, I, I think it could be a better game than a lot of people would have thought, especially if uh, you went to the beginning of the tournament and told UVA fans that they just had Auburn in between the, themselves and the national championship. I think they all would have taken that, but I think it's a lot scarier now that it is this close. Uh, and definitely... The Tigers will have to rely on uh, Harper and Bryce Brown. They combined for 50 last game, so that they'll need very similar production out of them to beat UVA. If they can put up 50 against UVA uh, and the rest of their team put up 15 that, or 20 points, and that. That, that, that could be a W. But, uh, yeah, and you talked about their three-point percentage being what, around 40%. Something, yeah, said. I think it's like 39, and, uh, but, I mean, still, like, yeah, they shoot a great percentage and also saw that they shoot 11 and a half threes per game. So they're making them and they're shooting them. And I think that they will take a lot of threes against UVA. I would look for that number to be somewhere around 15 to 18 three pointers taken by Auburn. I would not be surprised to see them jacking them all game long. And uh, one thing that will be huge for the Tigers is they lost their third mm-hmm. leading score of uh, yep. Kuke in the, uh, what, uh, second to last game, I believe that he tore his yep. ACL. They had him roll out on his uh, his wheelchair <laughs> with his leg propped up behind the bench, and so you really you hate to see uh, him sitting over there. And you can only imagine how he feels watching his team play. But you know that that they can look over to the bench, and that's got to be a huge boost at any moment in the game. Uh, if UVA comes out to a big lead at any point, uh, hopefully they'll be able to still rally together and not give up because. Uh, I think it will be still relatively low scoring game. Uh, we'll get to our bets later, but the point total is set at one thirty and a half. So Vegas also agrees it should be relatively mm-hmm. low scoring. So hopefully, team will truly run away. Um, but uh, if they can stay in it, I think Auburn could be very dangerous, and uh, it could be a, a fun team to see go all the way. Why not? And it could be especially fun just to see what Charles Barkley does on the air. He will lose his yes, mind. Definitely. And you know, of course, <laughs> uh, there's uh, the Lions starting running back, uh, carry on Johnson. And I, I like him a lot, but of I have course. to, I have to give him uh, the quick plug here. This man, absolutely. I mean, he's a millennial, so you gotta, you gotta understand, but this man goes insane on Twitter for Auburn when anytime, you know, it, anytime it's, you know, three, four days before the game, you, you wouldn't even think this man plays for the Lions. This, this man is the probably number one Auburn fan I think I've ever seen, but you know, it's, 
kind of makes sense. So all power to him. But yeah, I, I think uh, like like you want to mention before, I wanted to say that that big, uh, you know, Okiki, he's their kind of big kind of center in the middle. I mean, they do still have Austin Wiley their center, but. Okiki's kind of their force. He's their, you know, he's their rebounder. He's, and that's going to be kind of a hole now that the Auburn Tigers, that's going to be, you know, a little glaring. So if UVA wants to take advantage of that and really push in the paint and get those inside buckets and kind of, kind of out muscle Auburn, I think that's a, I think that's how the Tigers would have a bad set. Yeah. I'm, I'm afraid of, uh, of the UVA muscle inside as well. That, that could, Spell disaster. Yeah, for and, and yeah, like I said, Okiki's he's good. He's he's definitely you know their big guy who's getting close to you know thirty minutes a game, which most uh, if you're getting that, you're probably one of the top uh, top three or four best players on your team. So he was he was a big part of what they were doing. So that that is a big loss. And even though it wasn't that big of a deal at Kentucky, you know, even with you know PJ Washington going off. It's still it's that that might be that might be huge going forward. And that's probably, like I said, the the one thing the Tigers fans would would really uh, would really hurt to see happen is just uh, have Okiki be the reason. But it's you know, you never know. Like I said, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. Uh, so we'll get into our picks now. Uh, Brent, I'll let you go first again. The point spread uh, currently is set at about minus five and a half depending on your book and one thirty and a half as the total. Uh what do you like here? And also I would just like to point out the Auburn money line is juicy. Mm, it is juicy. What's that uh what are the odds now? What is it plus? Um Auburn money line uh that I saw most recently according to Vison that's coming up is plus two ten. That is that is tantalizing. That is a juicy prime rib with a sautéed garlic and a, and a few chives and basil around it. But uh, I do. I was you beat me too, but I was gonna jump all over that Auburn plus five and a half. That seems like even though you know these games aren't that close, that does seem like a lot of points, especially you know for a. Uh, uh, an alleged, I mean, Vegas is kind of contradicting itself. This is supposed to be a low-scoring game, apparently, but you know, that that's a lot of points to be to be separated by. And I think, like I said, I like I like this to, this game to be a bit more of a shootout rather than that other game. I think. Uh, you know, you saw last week with with Carson Edwards and Kyle Guy kind of going back and forth. Virginia does have like some ability to to score if they really really need to, and they they can pull it out if they if they have it. But I really you know I really do like this game, and and you saw Carson Edwards, you know that small guard. They they do have that weakness, and Kyle Guy's not the best defender. So if that's if those small guards go off and it starts to get a shootout, this this one could get a little little high in the in the total so i do like that over for the total and i like auburn plus five and a half but i do like that money line yeah i i think uh the auburn money line looks really good to me uh it's a nice big number you can win uh, a good return on your bet especially if you bet legally and you have to give the casino their cut always yes i never break any laws ever of course, you don't want to break any losses. Nope. If you're playing legally, you definitely like the like the juicy money lines like that. Um, the UVA point spread at minus five and a half is a, a big number whenever you're looking at final four games and close tournament games. But when you look at uh, UVA games in general, UVA gets huge lines. They were kind of like Duke in the sense where a lot of their games just had just astronomical odds. Mm-hmm. Even in the 
even in the tournament, uh, they were like ten and a half point favorites against Oklahoma and eight and a half point favorites against Oregon. And when you go back into like the regular season during the ACC tournament, eleven and a half point favorites against NC State and eight and a half point favorites against Florida State. So their teams like they get huge numbers against the spread, but they're twenty three and ten this year against the spread. Jeez. So uh, okay. they're not afraid of uh, those big numbers. Uh, which I found that really interesting because they they do get big numbers a lot. And when I saw the five and a half, it it definitely stood out to me. So I think if you have no soul and you just care about winning a bet, then I think you might want to pick UVA minus five and a half. I think they will win this game. Uh, I hate to say it. I really do because Auburn has been such a fun team to watch. And I would hate to see uh, a blue blood championship of Michigan State and UVA and UVA I call them blue blood just because they've been so good lately but they haven't won a championship in a long time and I would really like to keep it that yeah, way yeah I would too. so uh, yeah. the, the best way to do that is just not have them even make it so Auburn I would love for you to win and I will be betting my money on you for money line because I can't put it in my soul to bet on UVA but if you just want to win a bet you'll probably want to bet UVA minus five and a half. And then if you, if you don't want to pick a winner, which I, I feel that way a lot of times. So I know a lot of our listeners probably feel the same way. You can't, you can't decide because you don't want to put the money on UVA, but you don't want to feel like you're burning money. If you really think Auburn's going to lose, then take the over at one thirty and a half. You can root for both teams. Life's too short to bet the under. I think that's a, a good bet as well. So we'll we'll do a consensus quake on the point total. Ah, a consensus quake. Ah, ah, did you feel that? That was crazy. Whoa. <laughs> that was wild. Or you can just crazy. you know do find like a prop bet and bet like a Kyle guy under and just kind of just scream at that skinny small white kid. Like a Kyle guy, like three oh, point geez. total. I would. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would lose my voice. Five seconds in the game. <laughs> All right, so that is our uh, our final four talk. We'll uh, oh, actually, I want to hear your champion, Brent. Out of these final four remaining, who's your who's your champion out of the group? Who's going to come out? Oh on? man, I I repicked my elite eight, and I swear I picked everything wrong in the in the repick where every or all options were already right to pick from. So. I'm going to pick a champion and, you know, we're, I'm going to love to see the opposite, but I do really think, like I said, it kind of gets separated from the teams that, you know, are good and, and have that veteran coaches and, and the teams that are kind of just happy to be here. And, and as sad as I, I think it is, I think uh, Texas Tech Raiders and Auburn Tigers are a little bit just, uh, just happy that they can say they got that final four birth and, and they do have, you know, promising programs going forward and, and it is a good milestone, but it, it definitely kind of feels like UVA and Michigan State are a little bit, uh, a little bit more veteran and seasoned here and have, you know, their eyes a little bit set, set on another game. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I think they will both advance and uh, I probably would will have to go with Michigan State as my champion this year, and I, I know that you hate to hear it, but uh, I, I think that Tom Izzo will, will throw another one up there. Yeah, I do. I do want to say I'm going to pick UVA over Michigan State, but I can definitely see Izzo getting his second overall and just you know dealing dealing with the uh, the glorious Sparty fans uh, all all off season. 
Yeah, you're you're really in a, a lose lose here. You don't want to see UVA win. You don't want to see Michigan State win. So you really need some big upsets with uh with Auburn and uh with Texas Tech to give you some actual rooting interest. So you don't feel like you have to watch <laughs> sitting on your hands. <laughs> Honestly, if, I mean, if the Texas Tech Raiders win, you can kind of spin zone that to say like we got kicked out by the national champion. So yeah. it's. It's kind of, you know, you get that, you get that bragging rights. So we're like, I mean, you know, we could have been theoretically the second best team in the country. I mean, you know, we never, we never know. Yeah. You never know. Also that 16 points and a half will look a lot better, but yeah. And anyway, sorry, just edit that part out too, but go on. (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming on Brent. That's it for this episode. We might have a show next week. We might not. Who knows me and Josh We'll be going to the Frozen Four in Buffalo with Tyler. Uh, if you guys remember him, he hasn't been on the show in a while because he's afraid that we'll all make fun of him because the Boston sports era is dead and Robert Kraft got too many hand jobs. So if uh, we can convince him to do a show, we might do one up in Buffalo. Maybe we'll let Adam have a microphone. Uh, if we get together then, we'll see you then. If not, we'll see you after that and after the National Championship game. Peace.